Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast is the amazing Brian Murray. He is an incredible gentleman, extremely inspiring, not only investor, but but person and human from everything from 13,000 rental units to an amazing author who wrote incredible books, very relatable story, an ultra marathon runner. The guy's just full of inspiration and full of achievements, as I would say in my realm, on and off the mats, but uh, just really incredible guy. The more... I started to do some research on him. I always know him as the crushing in an apartments guy. And then I realized that he's just crushing life. And I think that that's such an important piece right now, because especially with this new book coming out, which I'll give you guys a way that uh, follow the social media, especially uh, Instagram. We're going to do a giveaway. I'm going to give away 10 copies of his brand new book, but I am extremely excited to read the book because to me, the whole reason you would read something like his apartment building book is so you can figure out how to make money to get more time back. So you could do things that you've always wanted to do, chase your dreams, be more present with your loved ones, travel the world, maybe go run a race, maybe go get your jujitsu black belt. Like that's the whole point here. So I think people forget because they get caught up in the money and they get caught up in the social media posts and they get caught up in the comparison of what everybody else is doing. And they forget to just think about their own journey and their own steps and, and the basics of getting there and getting there safely. So I love that. I really enjoyed this conversation. I could have talked about a hundred different things literally with Brian and it all would have been an amazing conversation, but I really enjoy going a little bit of a different direction. And from what I understand, it was a uh, a little bit of a different type of interview than he's used to doing, which I love. I'm I'm all for it. So we definitely did talk real estate. So for some of the people that were like, man, I want to hear the apartment guy talk about apartments. We are going to talk about the state of the market, multifamily mistakes. And there's a lot of principles and things that we talk about that blend into that business that all the real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and business people that are new and or experienced, you will all have something to take away from this episode that you can apply to your business and you can apply to your life. So definitely give Brian a follow, check out the books. All the links are in the show notes to connect with him and to get the, the, the book. And again, on social media, we'll do a giveaway here. And while you're there, definitely don't forget the fee for this show to get amazing guests like Brian on is just to please subscribe and just, just support the show. NickNickNick.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S is a fantastic way to find the podcast on all the platforms you would watch or listen to your podcast from Spotify to Apple to YouTube, please, so we can keep getting amazing guests like Brian come on and share their info, their insight, their knowledge, and help you guys. Is If you guys could just please subscribe, leave a review, leave a five-star. I know you're sick of hearing about the algorithm, but the algorithm works, and it really helps us keep this thing going, and as well as social media. So nicknicknick.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S. You'll find all the ways to connect with me on social media. So when I start to post uh, clips from this episode of Brian, let him know that you like it, that you appreciate it, that you got value from it. By you liking it, you subscribing to it, you posting in it, give a thumbs up, tag a friend, give a little fist bump, whatever it might be. But that stuff really, really starts to help all of us keep this train going. So I appreciate all the supporters. Please continue to. If we're not popping up on your algorithm, on your feed, just again, go on social media, write to us, like some stuff, and we will 
be able to uh, to connect with each other and, and follow each other and all that fantastic stuff. Because the whole point here is I want to do real estate together. So whether you're looking to do your first deal or your next deal, whether you're looking to buy properties from me, sell properties to me, or find a way to partner on some way, shape, or form, follow me on social media and send me a direct message that says real estate so my assistant knows to send it. And we can have that conversation on how we can work together, how we can do some real estate together, how we can make some money together. Or just shoot me a text message that says real estate, 516-540-5733. Again, 516-540-5733. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you so much for Brian for coming on. Very much like and respect this fine gentleman. I think you guys are going to love this podcast. Check out the book. Check out the podcast. And last but certainly not least, if you guys are looking for a free checklist to bring more value to your buyers, if you're a real estate wholesaler, broker, or agent, go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. A-Game Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. All right. My guest today is a former teacher turned entrepreneur, business executive, and multi-time award-winning author, as well as successful real estate investor with over 15 years investing under his belt, fighting out of North Carolina by way of Alpharetta, Georgia. You may recognize him from being interviewed on such well-known media outlets as CBS, Market Watch, New York Times, and the Joe Rogan experience of the business world, of course, bigger pockets multiple times, talking about his simple but effective ways to become a CEO as he runs Washington Street Properties, which was ranked in the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing private companies five years. He's a Goldie Stevie Award winner for Executive of the Year in Real Estate and acquired massive success through creative financing strategies and applying his simple and effective principles and techniques to get extraordinary results in the multifamily and real estate space. You can learn some of these with his award-winning books, such as Crushing It in Apartments and Commercial Real Estate, The Multifamily Millionaire, Volume 1 and Volume 2, co-written with our buddy Brandon Turner. He is the co-founder of Open Door Capital, a private equity firm that we talk a lot about, has multiple assets under management, and he is someone who sometimes twin beards with Brandon, but every time I see him, he's got longer hair, shorter hair, big beard, small beard, so he's constantly re reinventing himself. He is truly an inspiring individual who practices what he preaches and that he used real estate as a vehicle to financially gain space, which allowed him to achieve his primary goal of living his life to the fullest. He now maximizes that potential living outside his comfort zone, doing relaxing hobbies like working on his ranch, hiking and reading to amazing accomplishments, challenging himself physically and mentally, such as doing ultra marathons, being featured on the show, becoming ultra, and even recently taking a trip to Nepal, where he was inspired to write his new book, I believe he has coming out, which I will let him talk about very shortly. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast, Brian, as Brandon calls you, Brian Multifamily Murray, I will call you Brian Life Lessons Murray. Thank you so much for coming on. Welcome, sir. Wow, th thanks for the amazing introduction. So uh, nowhere nowhere to go but down now, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really appreciate that. So I'm really excited to be here and, uh, you know, ch and chat with you today and share some stuff with your listeners. So thank you. I am very excited to have you on, man. You've been very nice to, uh, to agree to come on and talk. And it's very interesting because I think most people know you as the commercial real estate guy. And you are such an onion that there was all these things that I didn't even know about you that I was like, man, I, I almost don't even want to talk real estate with you anymore. I want to jump into all these other things. But for somebody who maybe is not 100% familiar with you yet, can you give a 30,000 foot view of who you are and where you came from? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a real estate investor and author. Um, I have a little over 13,000 rental units at this point. And um yeah, mostly mostly multifamily, um, a lot of apartments and mobile home parks, and uh, yeah, I had had some success writing books in the multifamily space, and um, 
you know, that just, I, I had a very diverse background. I didn't jump right into real estate. I did a lot of different things. Uh, you know, I came, came from a um, very modest background and put myself through college and, and tried a few different career directions and didn't, didn't land in the real estate space until I was well into my thirties. And, um, you know, I, I've, uh, done that ever since and, and found some professional success in that area. And, uh, but yeah, and more recently I've kind of shifted my focus and, um, you know, dedicated my life to other things as well. So, yeah. That's pretty awesome, man. So obviously we have to touch somewhat on the real estate with the guy that has 13,000 plus units. So we do have to bring up some of this stuff, which I think is an interesting topic where there, there's really two key things that I would love your opinion on. And, and one for people listening, the books are fantastic. You've got a lot of really great interviews breaking these down. And what I really like about the way you do it is you've broken it down that, hey, let's start out first. Here's small multifamily. Here's large multifamily. And I think that that makes it more attainable and bite-sized for people that maybe want to go after those like 100, 200, 300 units or the mom and pop person who's maybe trying to break into like a 10, a 15, a 20. So obviously different strategies, different asset classes, and there's tons of information you put out about that. But where we are in the market and you know, late 2023, early 2024, there's a lot of uncertainty on what's happening and if there's an opportunity or too many risks right now in multifamily investing. So I'd like to hear your opinion a little bit on the state of the multifamily market. Uh, absolutely. Um, obviously, it is a challenging time, but you know it's it's really crazy. But I go back. Um, I actually bought my first property in 2007, and um, the economic situation and the real estate market was actually far worse at that point in time. And when I look back historically, almost all the best deals I've ever gotten have been at times where people were afraid to buy. Um, there, you know, it was hard to find deals. There were challenges in the marketplace. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's so counterintuitive when you have all the bad news and everything out there that people, people drum up a lot of fear because guess what, you know, fear gets eyeballs, fear gets clicks. And, uh, so the media is predisposed to push people in that direction. And, um, unfortunately, you know, that paralyzes a lot of people with fear, but, Looking back, um, it's been the most challenging times when I've gotten my best deals, and you never know it at the time, but you almost always look back and, and you're and you're super grateful that you 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 know stepped forward and didn't listen to everybody else and said, "Hey, I found a deal. It works. You know, it works for me. Everybody else is um, you know on the sidelines, and um, a lot of times you can get better terms. You know, right now people are finding deals where they're assuming some great debt." They're finding deals where, hey, sellers are getting more open to seller financing and, and creative approaches. So, you know, I'm I'm very optimistic. Like, I feel like people are going to look back at this point in time and say, I wish I had kept buying. And, you know, it's it's never easy to find deals. There's no, there's no time in the marketplace that they're all over the place. You have to work hard to find them. But when you find one that works, I mean, who cares if you're paying seven or eight percent interest as long as your property's cash flowing and you're going to be paying that debt down and it's a it's in a, a good investment in a, in a good location um, and cash flows. You know, it's it's always a good time to buy when you find the right property in the right location and you could get the right debt. And now is no exception to that. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of a little you know what you're hearing from me is probably counter to what most people are saying right now. Um, but that's been my experience. And, you know, even, uh, when COVID came, a lot of, a lot of 
buyers just froze up and, and went away, sat on the sidelines. And uh, fortunately, you know, at, at that point, um, at Open Door Capital, we were we were well underway and we started scooping up properties when everyone else was afraid. And all of those properties that we bought at that time are performing extremely well because we got better terms and uh, we bought at a time when other people were afraid to buy. Um, and that's been my experience. And, you know, I'm, I'm anybody that tells you they know where things are going to go or what's going to happen mm -hmm. in the economy and the multifamily space, they're blowing smoke. Like the more confident they speak, you should be more skeptical of what you're hearing because nobody knows. And uh, so I, I don't pretend to know where things are going to go. I can just say that, you know, based on the last um, 15 years of doing this, uh, the best deals I've gotten have been when everybody's afraid. I love that. As my buddy Tim Kalis always says, there's opportunity and volatility. And, you know, it, it goes back to that famous Warren Buffett quote about buying when people are fearful and selling when people are greedy. And I, I've heard you say about how real estate is very forgiving over time, especially on the multifamily side. And I think where people get caught up is first off, they, they ask people about investing that don't have any investing experience, which is always crazy to me that you would do that. But then the other side is just the fear of making a mistake because on the commercial side, the mistakes could be so much bigger. And and I love that you've had the experience where you're not one of those guys who started buying three years ago and is all over Instagram saying like, I'm going to teach everybody the secret to multifamily. You've invested through some different obstacles, some different tough times and different market cycles. So you have the experience of mistakes that you've made, which to me is always the most valuable thing. And I mean, I understand that there's money to be made in real estate. That's why I'm looking at it. I don't need somebody to stand in front of a room or on a podcast and say, real estate's great. I want to know, what do I don't know? Like, what are the things that I can learn from your experience and mistakes so I don't have to make those mistakes? So on your side of it, somebody's listening, they're, they're looking to jump in now. What are some of the mistakes that you would say to look out for? Some of the common beginner mistakes when people jump into multifamily? Well, there, you know, it, it, what's what I would say is, um, you know, there's a maybe a tendency you see somebody who's built a large portfolio or had success in real estate investing, like myself, and you you, you maybe think I sidestepped the mistakes, and that's that nothing could be further from the truth. Like I, I've made so many mistakes, I make mistakes every day, um, and so the key is to learn from those mistakes, right? And both in real estate and in life, and uh, so that's the first thing is like when when you're gonna build a real estate portfolio, or you're going to grow your business, or you have these, these dreams that you want to pursue, you need to go into it saying, I'm going to make mistakes and accept that up front. And that's okay. That's how we learn. You know, that's how we grow. Um, if you're, if you feel like you can't make any mistakes, it, it's going to be a tough road because that's, that's just not possible. And almost, you know, every deal that I go into, uh, you know, I, I acknowledge that, there's always a ton of uncertainties. And the one thing I can always be certain of when I go into a new deal is something that I have not foreseen is going to happen. Something is going to go wrong. It will happen. It's just, it comes with the business. It doesn't matter if you're in real estate or you're starting a restaurant, you're doing anything else. You're going to have setbacks. That's the one thing you can count on. So go in with eyes wide open, you know, you you do need to use caution and you need to try to avoid the mistakes that you can, but just accept that, Hey, things are going to go wrong. You're going to make mistakes. It's okay. Like that's okay. Um, and you know, it's look at a market like this and say, you know, this is, this forces you to be creative, you know, and, and don't, don't think it's going to be easy. So that's another, like, that's probably one of the most common mistakes of newbie investors. Like they're all looking for a shortcut. They have all like, 
heard the people making the pitch for, you know, getting wealthy overnight. But the reality is that, you know, real estate's an invest is a, is a business like any other, and it takes time, it takes effort, and you you don't grow wealth unless you're in it for the long haul and, and you're playing the long game. And it's not easy and there's no shortcuts. There's a lot of paths to get there, but don't go into it thinking it's a get rich quick scheme um, because that's, that's where you're going to be let down. You're going to fail. But go into it thinking this is a long-term thing. I need to be patient. I need to work hard. I can, I, I, I fully believe that anybody that's motivated enough um, and driven enough can do it. Uh, but it, but it's, there's no, it's not easy. And so I, and I, and I emphasize that in my real estate books as well, right? Every, every lesson that I could think of to share, I put either in crushing it in apartments and commercial real estate or in the multifamily millionaire, because I want everybody to see all the mistakes I made. I want them to learn from that. I want to give every advice I could give. And if you read those books, you're going to learn everything I, I would as, you know, if I were your mentor and that's, that's, yeah, I'm really, really proud of the feedback I get from people on the books. Um, particularly crushing it in apartments and commercial real estate. You know, people say, Hey, I felt, I felt like you were right there talking to me, like you were a mentor to me. And that was my goal, right? I don't, I don't make enough money from the books. Like I, one real estate deal will make me more money than I make from all my books combined. You know, those, those books are out there because I want other people to know they can do it and to be successful. And, and if I can do it, like that anybody else who's motivated enough can definitely do that. Fantastic info. And I literally have all three of the books right here in the next room here. So I appreciate writing them. They're fantastic books, highly recommended. On top of that, though, you, you said it perfectly. It almost segued right into the next thing I was going to say, where I remember I, when I first started, was pitched a lot of that. You're going to be rich in like a month, like, it, you know, and, and, you, and you look at that and that's what everybody wants. And I'm always big now on like, take that first year and just focus on getting like one deal in that first year and like, just do it the right way. I would rather see you pass on 50 deals and do a good deal than get into a bad deal because that's where I see things, especially on the commercial side, getting, getting a little bit crazy, but people get blinded by like the, what could go right and let's do it big quick. And they don't really want to have the waiter put the work in there. And I heard you talk a lot about making small changes over time and not doing anything drastic. And, and one of my favorite quotes is how you do anything is how you do everything. And I've heard you talk about that principle in real estate. I heard you talk about it with getting ready for marathons. And I've heard you talk about it with getting to go vegan. And like, you didn't just stop eating everything. It was, I'm going to cut out alcohol here. I'm going to eat a little bit less of this. I'm going to run a little bit more. And I think that principle of slow and steady and no drastic changes, that's where the get rich quick schemes or the crash diets people wind up in the same position or worse in 30 days. So I'd love to hear a little bit of behind your keys to success and that principle of slow and steady steps towards success in anything. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, you're absolutely right. And it's an, it's an uphill battle. You know, you we're unfortunately we're in a society where you have so many powerful influences trying to get you to indulge in the short term or, you know, not, not thinking in, in that long-term manner. Um, You've got, you know, billion dollar companies who are, have scientists who are working to make uh, their products and their food and their, and, and their, their media as attractive and encompassing as possible to, to suck you in. And um, you've got to resist that. Like it's, it's just not easy. And in the real estate space, you've got some very, very charismatic people who are really good marketers and really good salespeople and, and make people trust them. 
um, and very compelling personalities that that'll pull them in and, and charge a lot of money and, and with this, you know, trying to prey upon their hopes for a, a quick, easy, get rich, uh, quick plan. And that's really unfortunate, you know, and, and I, I hate that that people take advantage in that way. But um, absolutely, you know, um, I try very hard and every different things work for different people. Uh, but for me, I just try to remember um, that it's it's this it is the small things that add up over time. And so even even the biggest goal that you might have that uh, if you look like you're going to if you just look at that goal and say, I'm going to jump right there, it's completely overwhelming. And very few people are successful in that manner. But what you can do is try every day to take a small step in that direction. And that's a very powerful habit to build when you, you take small steps every day towards your goal, whatever it is, whether it's to eat healthy, lose weight, exercise, um, or build a real estate portfolio. Um, small efforts over time compound and grow and have an amazing impact. Um, so, you know, that that would be something I would say um, it's, it's philosophy that I've applied in all areas of my life. Um and frankly, I don't have the willpower or the discipline to make a massive overhaul in everything all at once, you know? And so I try to take in incremental steps and, and that's how you, like, for me, that's how I can be more successful. You know, I, I can make one small change in my diet, you know, and then if, if, if I can sustain that, then to make another small change and just slowly over time, turn those little things into habits. So you're not thinking about them anymore. You take the decision process away. Um, and you just, you know, th those things reap great rewards in the, in the long term. Um, and, you know, I, I encourage people to adopt that discipline as much as they can. I love that, man. And the, the balance and the moderation there, <clears throat> excuse me, I was talking to, to David Green about this and we were having a conversation how he was like, you know, when my business is doing really well, my health is suffering. When my health is suffering, my bank accounts are doing really well. And I feel like that's kind of where there's always the excuse of like, things are busy today. And, I, and I've done it, you know, and I'm an active guy, you know, I jujitsu all the running, all these different things. And I still would have weeks where it's like, well, I can't work out today because I have to make sure I get ahead of the business. And then other times when you're at the gym and you're like, what am I doing on the treadmill? Like I need to be taking care of the property. So for you, I've heard you talk about the way you take care of your business is taking care of yourself. And I feel like that that's a reminder that every entrepreneur needs to remember that that health comes first. So do you have any advice or tips and tricks on ways to keep that balance for health, especially on the days where you feel like you have so much going on that you can't peel off 30, 45 minutes to go exercise or meditate and take care of your mind or your body? Yeah, and that's um, actually, um, you know, I have, I have a chapter in my new book on that. And, um, you know, it's, I, I speak from hard experience in that area. You know, I share, I share in my book, um, a, a story about how when I was working in, in the corporate space, and this was before I wor worked in real estate, um, and I was in a very toxic environment. I was working extremely long hours. Um, I was in a in a in a work environment that was completely out of alignment with with me and who I am as a person. Um, and it was just it was it was a really toxic time, and and it was during the internet boom. Uh, late '90s, early 2000s, and uh, you know there was a, there was a lot of uh, enthusiasm and a lot of uh, motivation on different people's parts to keep us in the office for long hours. And I was working ridiculously long hours, hundred-hour work weeks. Uh, we had 
kegs on tap in the office. We had uh, snack rooms just chock full of everything you can imagine, like Slim Jims and Pop-Tarts and freezer full of like all kinds of unhealthy stuff you could pop in the microwave and every snack that you can imagine. It was like walking into a, you know, a 7-Eleven and they would have dinners delivered from restaurants, uh, different restaurants every night. And the dinners wouldn't get there until usually about nine o'clock because they wanted to entice people to, to work as late as possible and reward them for that. And uh, it was a really, really, um, challenging time um when the when the bubble burst and and things crashed you know that company that i helped build uh we we ended up shrinking from uh about 150 people down to 30 and it was a it was a hugely stressful time laying people off and making those changes and then turning around and growing the company again but at one point um i had uh and i, I was in my mid 30s at that point in time and then one day i had these severe chest pains and I got rushed to the hospital and uh, they ran a whole bunch of tests and, 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 and afterward a doctor sat me down and he's like, he's like, well, he's like, you're going to be okay. Uh, he's like, however, if you don't make some changes, you're going to be dead before you're 40. Um, and I weighed uh, 50 pounds more than I do today. And I was, I, I, I literally was on death's door. I let my health completely go. And, um, you know, I, I had, he diagnosed me with, with pericarditis, which was a swelling of the, the, the lining around the heart. Um, and he said that I, he felt like that had triggered a panic attack. Um, and so he was like, man, you're, you're every, every test result was just atrocious. And he's like, you're, you're, you're going to be dead. And, you know, I had two little kids at home at the time and, and I still had a ton of debt. And I was like, wow, like, this is not just about me. You know, it's about my family. It's, it's, it's about, there's other people who are affected if, if I let myself go. And, um, you know, I was running a sprint and I needed to be running a marathon and, um, I learned a really hard lesson, you know, and I'm, I'm the kind of person who does things, you know, 150 miles an hour. And, and I've learned that I need to keep that in check because it can get unhealthy. Like you need to, you need to keep that balance. And so, yeah, I carve out, you know, time every day now, like to take care of me, um, take care of my health. I try to eat right and get my exercise in, you know, I meditate, I do everything for like, I can think of for uh, physical and mental well-being. And as that has improved, so has my investing. So I definitely see a correlation there. And, you know, I do feel very strongly that it's, that it's all related. And uh, again, you're in it for the, you're in it for the long game and it's, it's, you know, your, your health, physical and, and mental health are, you know, integral into how you perform as an investor, as a business person, and as a human being. And so you, you can't, you can't let things get too lopsided. I love that, man. And to me, this is the, you know, anybody can go on Google and download an Excel sheet with a checklist of how to make money in real estate. So why isn't everybody rich? I think Brandon was the guy who said, like, if if information was all you needed, everybody would be a millionaire with a perfect six pack. It's these other things that I see that people that don't realize until they jump into the game of finding this balance and finding ways to get out of the psychology, the self-sabotage and have the discipline and the time management and all that kind of stuff. So I am very excited to read about all the lessons you have learned that you can teach us through your book. And I forgot to even ask you, I know it's coming out very soon, maybe even today when this airs, but what's the name of the book? So the book, the book is called Welcome to My Garden. 
And, um, you know, the, it's not a real estate book per se. Actually, what it is, is um, I, I was on a, a trip to Nepal last year. I did a, a trek to Everest Base Camp. And um, on that trip, I was reflecting on something that had been bothering me. Um, I'm a father and uh, I realized that, hey, I've, I've made so many mistakes in my life um, and I've, it's taken me a long time to figure some things out. So really important life lessons that I really wish I knew those when I was younger so that I could have shared those with my kids when, when, you know, when they were little because they're young adults now, right? They're, they're growing up. And, um, and so I, I was thinking about that. It had been bothering me. I was like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm a, I've changed. I'm a different person. I've learned so much, you know, I've been through some hard times. Um, gosh, you know, I, I just wish I'd figured that stuff out sooner. And we all do that. You know, any, anyone who's listening, who's a parent, you know, you were our bit, we're our own biggest critics, right? We'd be think about the mistakes we made, why, how we wish we could have done things better, how we wish we could have been better. And on this trip in Nepal, I, I got completely unplugged. It was a, it was a, it was a wonderful adventure. It was very challenging. Uh, it's with a great group of people. And we had a lot of like insightful conversations. Um, and I, I realized I'm like, you know what, it's not too late. It's just not too late. And I'm a person who like, I like to express myself through writing. I can, I can uh, articulate my thoughts and, and everything better uh, when I write. Um, it's, it's not an easy process for me, but you know, it's very fulfilling for me to write. And I wasn't really motivated to write another book, but when this thought came, then I became highly motivated. And I said, you know what, I'm going to write a book to my kids with these most valuable life lessons that I've learned in my experience, and I'm gonna write it for them. And originally I wasn't even gonna publish it. I was just gonna write the book and give it to my kids. And then some people close to me who were aware of the project started asking, well, I know this is for your kids, but you, know, you think maybe I could read it? Because I think like I, I would really benefit from that. I'd be really grateful for that. And initially I was really taken aback because the book has some very personal stories. Like it really, you read this book and you're going to, you're going to know things about me that even, you know, my, my spouse and my kids didn't even know. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in there that made me uncomfortable, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized that if other people could benefit from these life lessons beyond my kids, I need to share it, like get over my insecurities about being vulnerable in the book and just put it out there because if it makes a difference for even one person, you know, then, then I've got to, I've got to share that with everybody else. So I made the decision to publish it. Um, it's called welcome to my garden and, um, it's a, a father's gift of reflections, life lessons, and advice. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, available on Amazon for, for anybody that's interested and, um, you know, it, it shares, uh, there is some real estate stories in there. There's, there's a few of those, you know, there's, there's, uh, discussion of things like delayed gratification and, uh, mindfulness and, um, a lot of tales and stories in there about my real estate growth and what I learned from it and some of the missteps that I made. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's, I, I try very hard at this point, um, to stay very, keep, keep things in, in perspective because, 
you know, the riches and the attainments that you might get through real, real estate, the wealth you might accumulate. You know, one of the biggest lessons I learned, and I talk about this in the book, is um, those goals, when you achieve them, they're a lot more hollow than people might think. And so I think one of the most important things that I learned is you got to enjoy the journey. Like you've got to be present and you've got to find purpose and meaning on a day-to-day basis. Um, there, there's a famous quote about, you know, how, how you lead your days is how, how you live your life. And, and, you know, that's, there's so much truth to that. You know, you, what you don't want to do if you're building a real estate portfolio or you're building a business is spend 10, 15, 20 years killing yourself going, but eventually I'll get there and then I'll be happy. I'm going to have the money and then I'm going to do the things I love. And then I'm going to like, then, then things will be okay. And so for now, I'm just going to suffer, suffer, suffer. And I'm not saying you don't work hard. What I'm saying is if you want to achieve that dream, you work hard, but you find meaning and purpose on a day-to-day basis. Like you be present with the people that you're with. you be present with yourself and you know yourself and you, you stay true to your own values and you, you lead a life you can be proud of and you feel good when you go to bed and when you get up in the morning. Um, so that's, that's another, like, you know, you had asked about new investors and, you know, mistakes and what you can learn. That's, that's, that's just another example is, um, you know, you can create wealth through real estate and it's, it's a beautiful thing. It can change your life. It can change other people's lives and it opens up a lot of avenues, but, you know, I spent 15 years building my first company, Washington Street Properties, um, never raised any capital with that company. Yeah, I've, I've still got over 500 multifamily units in there that I own 100% of. Um, I say I own it, but actually um, last year uh, I, I made the decision. I put the entire company into a trust for my loved ones and for charities and uh, I don't actually own that company anymore. I, 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 I gifted it into the trust. Um, and and I, I think, you know, that's, <clears throat> I share that because it's kind of symbolic of a, a realization and looking back that, you know, that's, that's what gives meaning, right? You, you, you want to give back and you want to improve the lives of other people. Um, and I wish, you know, I, I think I did, I learned some lessons early on that I think I did a fair enough job in my real estate but I, I wish I was even even more present and I, I gave back even more um, than I did. And, um, you know, that's why I, I spend more time writing now, because I feel like that's one way for me to, to give back and, and share what I've learned and, and share my mistakes so other people don't have to make them. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. I think that's incredible, man. And I, I applaud you for that. You really are 
one of those guys who practices what he preaches. And I, I think uh, somebody listening on the outside, they hear you have all these things, 13,000 units. It must be easy for him. But I look at it as I know the problems on like a couple hundred units. It's the same thing. I can only imagine like the larger stress. So it's it's not any like the, the risk versus rewards. It, it almost reminds me of my uh, my niece was like when she was like four or five years old, she was screaming at her parents like, you guys don't understand how hard it is to be a kid. As a kid, we just have rules, rules, rules. As a parent, all adults have all day is rewards. You can go to bed when you want. You can watch TV when you want. You can eat candy whenever you want. It's like, that's what they see. It's like, you get to just call your own shots. Life's amazing. And you know, when you're a kid, look at in, the adults have it and everything. As an adult, you're like, oh man, the kids had it easy. So it's always the grass is greener there. And that's why I like the the principles because you do so many cool things. Like it's not just real estate. And I feel like, like you said, how you live your day is how you live your life. And that trickles into everything you're doing. That's why you find success and peace and gratitude and clarity in all these different things. And and I was watching uh, some of the stuff you were posting on social media and I saw you were sharing some some life lessons and I thought they were cool. And there was a couple of them that stuck out. And it, Number one is exactly what you're talking about, where I believe you said growth happens outside the comfort zone. So lean into things that are uncomfortable. And I feel like buying 13,000 units, going to Nepal, running an ultra marathon, going on a TV show, writing a book, coming on podcasts and sharing your your wins and your failures. That's all leaning into getting out of your comfort zone and putting yourself out there and 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 just being relatable to people and being a little bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll find it later. But to talk a little bit about that because that's a huge part of, of any success is getting out there and trying things. And when I think about why more people don't, I think it's always interesting because the thought process becomes, well, if I try this, what if I fail? If I try this, what if I succeed? Because I think not enough people talk about the fear of success. And then the other thing is the fear of criticism. What, what are other people going to think? And for somebody who puts themselves out there that if you fail, you have a lot of eyes on you, you don't let that stop you. And I think that that's something that a lot of people do. So talk about lesson number one, growth and getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, you know, it, unfortunately, most of us grow up in an environment where, you know, there's this paradigm of, hey, success is equated with comfort. And, you know, I, I think that that's a real disservice to people. And and it, it's challenging to switch that mindset around. But, you know, I was the same way. I go back, I think back to college and, and I have a chapter in the book on on uh, discomfort as well and, and how important it is to lean into it. And, um, you know, I share in there that hey, back when I was in college and I was working multiple jobs and I was like scraping by and I had almost nothing, you know, trying to pay my bills, um, I, all I dreamed of was having enough money someday to like not work, not do anything, just sit around, you know, like it's a whole classic, Hey, I, I just want to be on a beach somewhere, you know, sipping margaritas or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever your dream is, you just play golf all day. Um, and, and you think that that's, you know, and, and society kind of reinforces that, that whole, you know, Oh, if you work hard enough someday, you can retire and then you can be happy. Then you can enjoy yourself. But the truth is that, you know, leaning into discomfort is every single achievement that I've made in my life of any significance has required me to lean into something that made me uncomfortable. And the bigger the goal, the bigger the achievement, the more uncomfortable it made me. And it took me a really long time to not only figure this out, but to actually embrace it and, and apply it 
in my life because it's just uh, there's a lot of resistance there, right? Everybody wants to be comfortable. Everybody wants to stay in bed all day and under the covers and it feels <laughs> cozy. And, you know, you, everybody wants to sit around and stream Netflix, but um, there's this feeling of fulfillment and reward for putting yourself out there and doing things that are uncomfortable and you feel the growth and you feel the fulfillment of actually overcoming a challenge. And, and, and so what I've realized is that discomfort and feelings of unease that are often like waypoints it's like a guide that you you, you kind of like have to have this radar that you build up that you be like why does that make me uncomfortable like is it genuinely dangerous or is it something that it, it just you know i'm afraid i'm afraid of being judged i'm afraid of failure i'm afraid of this and and if if that's what it is you know you've, you've that that needs to be overcome that's a sign that's like that that's an area that there's an opportunity to grow and and so um I've really adopted it um, in in a lot of different areas. I think running is one where I've I learned that lesson. Even though I had learned that lesson, say in business, um, when I went through the becoming ultra experience, I ran my first ultra marathon. I had a coach, and the coach would give me these workouts, and I'd be like, "What? Do you, what the heck? Like, I, I can't do that. Like, what do you?" I, mean, <laughs> I, I would tell him, "Like, do you, you do know how old I am, right? Like, you give me these workouts. I, there's no way I can do that." And he he would just be like you know, like just go out and give it a try. If you really can't, like, if you can't run the whole thing, hike it, like, you know, just, just give it a try, you know? And, and I'd be like, all right, fine. Like, I, you know, I wasn't going to not try and I go out and I, and I do it and I'd be like, oh my God, like I actually, I did it. Um, and I would surprise myself and I kept doing that again and again and again. I'd be like, I was like, I can't do that. Like, are you crazy? <laughs> You're going to send me out for, you know, a three, four hour long run on Saturday. And then another one on Sunday. I mean, no, if you do, you do that one of those, like, then I need like five days of rest. Like what are you talking <laughs> about? Um, but in the end, like he was right. Like I did things I didn't think I could do. My mind was convinced like, this is impossible. It's going to hurt. It's going to be bad. And I go out there and do it. And I felt really good about myself. I was, you know, it, it creates pride, creates confidence and, and it creates growth. And, and then eventually I was able to do that first ultra marathon. Um, and then I went out the next year and did a longer one. Yeah. First one I did was 50 K, which is 31 miles. And then I, I did a 50 mile and then I did a hundred K and now I'm training for my first hundred mile race. And, you know, I'm, I'm 55 years old, so I'm, I'm no, no spring chicken. You know, it's not, <laughs> you know, I, I it's, it, and so uh, but I want to do what I can while I can, and and I don't know what I'm capable of. And now that I've adopted this, I'm I'm willing to just put myself out there and try things that that you know make me uncomfortable. That I think you know my my brain might be telling the voice in my head might be saying, "Well, you can't do this," and I know that voice is wrong. Like I know that voice is wrong. I've proven that voice is wrong, and so I'm going to try. And there's going to come a day when you know it would be impossible for me to run 50 or 100 miles. And uh, I just want to do it while I can, right? Live life and, and and do these things and challenge myself and grow while I can and I encourage everyone else to to do that. It, it doesn't have, you don't have to be going out and signing up for a 100 mile race. If you're not a runner, a 5K will be a great place to start. You know, when, when, I, when I was unhealthy and I had that, those medical issues, 
one of my things I tried to turn around was get exercise. And when I, I was like, oh, I'm going to put my running shoes on. I hadn't run in years. And I'm like, I'm going to go out and go for a run. I got I got about a quarter mile in and I I, I thought my head was going to explode and my chest <laughs> was going to explode. And, but then I started walking and I did eventually walk run. And over time, I was able to run more and more. And then, you know, a few years later, I I did a marathon and just kept going from there. So. What an incredible achievement, man! It's 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 really amazing. So I I had a couple of my buddies on here, which I I don't I'm assuming you probably know them at this point. But Frank McKinney, do you know Frank? I recognize the name, but no, I don't know him. Great guy. He he did Badwater. He did all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Huge real estate guy. Actually, I I linked him up with I think her name is Ashley at Bigger Pockets because he's trying to come do the keynote next year. He literally oh, looks yeah. like he's out of guns and roses. Uh, the guy, the guy's <laughs> awesome. Um, and then Dean Carnassus, who's the, oh, the yeah. ultra marathon man. He, he was on my podcast and he was such a great guy. I, I still talk to him from time to time, but I think he's 60, 66, yeah. 67. And he's doing 200 yeah. mile races every single month still. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's inspirational. That's great. You know, I, I remember asking him too, like, Hey man, like we get it. You know what I mean? It's been, 36 years you do this every single like why do you keep doing it and and i i quote him all the time because he was like i still go out there at 66 years old and run 200 mile races to show people what they're capable of because too many people get to their deathbed realizing that they were playing nowhere near their true potential in life and that was like a holy crap man like that's incredible yeah yeah i actually it's funny i I actually have a quote from him in my book he says it's uh don't mistake comfort for happiness so very, very relevant to what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. He's part of the reason why I started standing when I do these. Cause he was like, I stand all day long. I was like, cool. Awesome, man. So pivoting on that now, you know, people go, well, I, I want to run a hundred mile marathon, but they're not willing to go out and run a mile first to get used to it. Hey, I want to own 13,000 units, but they're not willing to educate themselves and buy a duplex, a triplex or a fourplex. And when people are worried about the failures and they see your successes, I might be butchering this, but I believe this was one of your quotes. Two toes, uh, two toenails lost, lots of falls, turns, twisted ankles, and too many bruises and scrapes to count. And that is a definition of something that to you was a success. And I feel like that that's very relevant because you would think like my success was I went and I ran this race and I came out and everything was great. It's almost like our fighter buddies. You know what I mean? Like you go to a fight, you come out, it's like, Dude, you have two black eyes and a busted nose. It's like, I know I won. <laughs> it's like, you know, so nobody gets out on skates. So like that mentality for like, you're going to take some beatings. You're going to take some failures. It's the old Rocky story about like pushing through them and learning not to quit. And like you said, like, I can't run. Cool. Walk. I can't walk. Okay. Crawl, but keep going, keep going, keep going. Because I think if you get in any game and you keep going, that's really like the long-term key to success. And my, my longer question here is, I think people, when I hear the stories, especially real estate, jujitsu, anything like that, I got hurt once. I never went back. I lost money on a deal. Real estate doesn't work. It's like, well, you never went back. So you never got your black belt. You didn't do more deals. So you never wound up making money. Like you quit. And I think that sometimes people get PTSD from some of the bumps, the bruises, the toenails that they lost, that they don't want to jump back in. And I've experienced a multifamily and I heard you talking about you got in a bad car crash. And I thought it was a very interesting topic because even though you had to get back on the road, you were talking about how there was still a lot of almost that PTSD and fear about just, you know, driving and worrying about getting T-boned again. 
And that example of worrying about getting hit by a car or having trouble in traffic, I think can get parlayed into sports, into business, into jumping into a real estate deal after having a bad one. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience and knowledge on that topic. Yeah, you know, I I mean, here's the thing. If, if something comes easy to you, no, it doesn't really matter what it is. Um it's it's not it's not prized it's not treasured like you're not as proud of it i i think that has a lot to do with it like when you do something that challenges you something that's hard and you come out the other side um there's pride right you feel good you grow it opens your opens your mind when it doesn't go well that that is that is very challenging right like i i i totally get that um but to me it really helps to go in you know, with that mindset that, you know, and, and running, there's so many parallels with between running and, and business and life and different things. But, um, you know, I, I really try with running, for example, uh, run, running is interesting because if you're going to run, let, let's say you're going to run a, a 50 mile race, there is so much time and effort and sacrifice that goes into getting there there's so much time and sacrifice and effort that goes into getting your body into a position that you can successfully cover that distance without completely destroying yourself and unfortunately when you get to race day there's a thousand things that can go wrong many of them which are completely outside of your control you know, it could be a weather thing. It could just be, you know, just a freak thing where, where there's a rock that you, that you twist an ankle. It could be just, you just got a small stomach bug that day, or so you're just, you're not feeling it. Like there's all these things that can happen, but that doesn't diminish everything that you put in and all the efforts and all those runs you went out to get there. And so, you know, I, I, I try to keep a mindset where the race is this celebration, but the real accomplishment is every day along the way to get there. Right. And so when you place all of your gauge of the worthiness of an effort or the reward on the final outcome, you're kind of setting yourself up for a huge fall where it's going to be really hard to get yourself back up. But, you know, if, let's say with the with the multifamily, let's say you, you go through a multifamily project and it ends up being a disaster. That doesn't change the fact that you you put a lot of effort in, you took a chance, you worked hard, you probably did a whole lot of things right in addition to the things that went wrong. And man, you probably learned a lot, right? There's a lot of value in that. You can reapply that and miss some of those, sidestep some of those mistakes because you've learned some painful lessons. If you go into it saying, hey, I'm going to, let's say it's your first multifamily, I'm going to do this because I'm going to give it my all. Like, yeah, I hope it goes great, but man, I'm going to learn a lot. Like this is, this is, this is a first step in a long journey and it may go well and it may not. Then you're kind of setting yourself for, yeah, you're not, it's not like you're willing to let it fail, but man, you, you're committed to giving it your all, but you know, things don't always go right. And you, you make up your mind up front, even if I get setback, even if I get hit in the face, like I'm going to turn around, I'm going to do this again. I'm not going to be deterred. That's an entirely different approach, entirely different mindset. It sets you up so that when things go bad, you're much more resilient. Like you're much more like it's not it's not entirely unexpected. It doesn't mean you're like you're you're some kind of failure or you're a loser because because it didn't go your way. It doesn't even mean you made a bad decision. Things happen outside of your control as well. Um, and so I think it really helps to go in with the proper mindset. 
But unfortunately, most people are so fixated on the outcome and not the process. And if you if you weight everything on the outcome, you know, if I if I weight everything and I'm like, I gotta run my 50 mile race in X amount of time and it's you know, I need to place in my age group or I need to do this, I need to do that, and you don't hit it, then you feel like a failure when in fact you you're probably a huge success just for getting through the training and getting to the starting line and have being fit having fitness at a level that you're you're you know, your body can sustain that kind of distance. Like that's a huge accomplishment. Things might not go your way, you know, on that given day. That doesn't diminish everything that went into it, everything you accomplished and who you are at the start line and who you are at the finish line. And so that that same thing applies to, to real estate and in all areas of life. Man, that's such great advice. And it, again, it's so similar to my friends that listen to this that are MMA fighters and stuff, because it's the same thing where they go the fight it's a celebration. It, it's all the stuff leading into the fight. It's, it's every meal. It's every mile. It's every decision. It's waking up early. And those are the things that you see when they're actually there on, on fight night. And what you just mentioned, I think is, is a crucial. And I'll kind of wrap it up with this last one here, but it leads me to another one of the lessons that I saw you share because you said who you are when you start versus who you are when you finish. And I believe your life lesson number six was uh, wrapping identity into professions because what you do is not who you are. And I see that where Sometimes when guys lose a fight, they just fall apart because they go, well, what if I get cut by the UFC now? That's who I am. People know me as the fighter guy. Like, well, now I'm the podcast guy. I'm the real estate guy. And people put too much of their identity into what they do and not who they are. And then I think when they have these losses, then they feel like they've lost their sense of identity or who they feel people relate them to as far as what their perception of the identity people have of them is. So talk about that life lesson. And then, you know, just anything that you're, got have go in the book. I'm excited to read all of it, but is this a lot of like what's coming up in the book is kind of you sharing a lot of these, yeah. these, these yeah. lessons you've learned along the way. Absolutely. A lot of the stories I'm sharing right now, um, are, you know, dig into those in there. Um, you know, and, and even, even what you just brought up, right. Like, you know, that, that is another mistake that I made, you know, I, I allowed my self-identity to get too wrapped up in my profession and that's a super dangerous thing, right? Because it, it sets you up for a very hard fall. And the, the truth of the matter is like, maybe your profession, for most of us, our profession is a part, you know, it's healthy for it to be a part of our identity, but it needs to be kept in check. It can't be too much of your identity, right? So um, this becomes even more of a trap. I think the the more fame, the more wealth, like the more you achieve. I think, I think people will end up placing uh, too much weight in those aspects of their life. You know, your, your peace, your happiness, it all has to come from within. It's not going to come from money. It's not going to come from fame. You know, you gotta, you get to lean into things that bring you joy, bring you fulfillment and focus on those and like, you know, foster those parts of you that are outside of work that, make you feel good and you know remind you of who you are and stay true to yourself um too many pressures like from the time we're young as we grow up too many pressures to you know gauge yourself by materialistic measures and that's just a it's a bad gauge and it and it applies a lot of pressure and it sets you up for a hard fall you know because we're all going to have setbacks and we're all you know, if you're a real estate investor, that's a small piece of what you are. I don't care if you spend 20 hours a day working on your real estate, you, you know, there's a more to you as a person 
and you can't lose sight of that. Um, and so that that's another, you know, it's a trap because those of us who are driven and have big goals, it's very easy to lose yourself in those goals, pour yourself in and forget to kind of take care of those other parts of you, you know, and, and you don't, you don't want to find yourself twisting and molding yourself into this person who maybe is ideal for that role, but it's not who you are, right? Then you're operating out of alignment with your true self. And that causes a lot of stress. Um, and frankly, you know, if, if you over-identify with your profession or a specific hobby or a sport, and then you lose the ability to participate or you have a major failure and you can't continue in that pursuit, um, it's painful, right? It's really painful. And uh, people go through massive depression, you know, and, and they, they struggle mightily. And I, I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly a far cry from a professional athlete, you know, it, it'll be a, a big loss for me when, when I can't run as much as I do now. And there will come a day, you know, um, but I, I can't imagine, you know, you, you get the accolades, you have the accomplishments, you define your life day in, day out as a fighter or something else. And then, you know, it all drops away. What's left, right? You want to make sure there's something there to pick, pick the pieces up when you're done and have, you know, you've, you've, you've uh, created a, a more rounded, healthy self identity um, that, that you can be proud of, even if you can't continue to do whatever profession you've dedicated yourself to. It's fantastic, man. It's very introspective. I think all the things you're sharing are, are very timely. And to me, that's the most important parts of all this, not about, you know, running numbers and running expense reports. Like this is the stuff that I think is really important in life because these are the things that get you the quality of life, which is usually why people get into real estate anyway, is to be able to do those things and have better health and be more present in their conversations. So I don't know if I've been this excited to read a book as I have the one that I'm going to read of yours in the in the very near future. So I'm excited, man. I'm going to give away 10 copies of it too. So people listening, I believe around uh, December 17th, 18th, should right, be around the date right now. So um, follow us on social media and I'll, I'll put some links out and I'll, I'll give this book out to people, but I'm definitely going to be picking it up. It's hundred percent going to be the next book I read. Talk a little bit about how do people find the book? How do people connect with you? How do they help spread the word? Yeah, the easiest way is probably just to grab a copy off Amazon. Um, it, it it should definitely be available by the time this podcast airs. And um, yeah, you can. Uh, I'm I'm not super active on social media, but you can definitely. I do I do uh, post periodically on Instagram. It's at Crushing It Brian. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, so you can find me on either one of those social media platforms. Um, there's contact. Uh, I have I have a put up a new website for the book. Um, it's called mygarden.info. And there's a contact form there if people want to reach out through that contact form as well. So again, that's mygarden.info. Welcome to my garden. And yeah, I appreciate you so much. You know, th thank you. Um, enjoyed our conversation. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we can do it again. Anytime and open invite. I find you to be fascinating, inspiring, and there was 20 different things we could have talked about for 20 different hours with your background and your experience and stuff, man. And I was just very thankful that you agreed to come in and share some of your time. And I very much look forward to reading your book. Anybody listening, all of the links are going to be live in the show notes. Um, I'll put some directions on how to win a free copy of the book as well. Don't forget to leave a review while you're on Amazon. Check out all those other books as well. You, sir, are somebody who brings your A-game to everything you've done in life. 
This interview has been no different. You definitely brought your A game to this podcast today. Any final thoughts before I let you go, sir? Uh, no, I just want to, again, like share my gratitude for uh, you and, you know, everybody for listening. Uh, thank you so much. It's very humbling that, you know, the interest in, in what I have to share. So um, I'm, my heart's full of gratitude. Thank you so much. Much appreciated, sir. Brian Murray, ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic day. So what's it for?